How many different ways can you start, run, and monetize your business on a budget? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur, and my name is Tracy Brinkman. Welcome back to your weekly dose of Learn, Do, Teach on a Budget Learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that's infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Here we go with another big interview episode today. Today, Sarah St. John shares some awesome tips on launching, running, and monetizing your business all on a budget. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next week's interview guest, who is one of the most sought-after therapists and trainers for elite athletes. As per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal, business, and marketing G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right, my Dark Horse friends and family. Today's guest is Sarah St. John. Now, Sarah is an entrepreneur, a podcaster, an online course creator, and an author. She probably doesn't have time to do much else, but that's okay. She's going to tell us a lot about this. Now, she has created several startups throughout her entrepreneurial journey that has covered well over a decade. Uh, she currently owns a podcast production agency uh, called Podseam. Uh, P-O-D-S-E-A-M. She's also a podcast host of the Frugalpreneur, uh, building a business on a bootstrap budget, which aims to show people how to launch and manage an online business on a budget. Had to get Sarah on with that one. Sarah, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I uh, literally want to uh, step back from my mic and kind of, you know, give you the opportunity just to tell your story, the the ups and downs and trials and tribulations of Sarah St. John to to get to where you're at now and, and why you love doing what you do so much. Sure. Yeah. So I started my entrepreneurial journey over a decade ago and it was... It, well, technically, actually, I guess I've kind of been an entrepreneur since the get go because I remember as a kid, like getting free uh, candy and pencils and things like that and then selling them to my friends. Nice. <laughs> but I, I didn't start my first actual business until I think 2008. Um, I had had six different jobs that year, uh, not at the same time, but throughout the course of that year and things just weren't working out and I was just getting frustrated and I was like I just want to work for myself and start my own business and the first thing that came to me was photography because I had liked doing that uh, so I had a photography business for about seven years and I, I realized that even though I like taking photos of landscapes and architecture and animals and things like that i didn't really like taking photos of people which is <laughs> <where> the, <laughs> that's where the money is uh, i was doing weddings and whatnot gotcha and uh but in addition to that 
just the upkeep and maintenance of a photography business, like with the camera equipment, lighting, software, just all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would like to switch over to an online business model. Um, so there isn't, gen- well, generally, it depends on what you're doing, but that uh, overhead costs. Mm-hmm. And so I tried a few different things. Like I had a t-shirt business, like a print on demand, and uh, I did drop shipping and affiliate marketing and uh, just all these different things. And I was discovering all these tools and resources that you could use to run an online business for um, either for free or on a budget. And so I thought I should write a book about this. And I was actually in a Dave Ramsey, the financial peace class, and he was talking about, you know, how to save money and pay off debt and all this. And I was thinking, okay, all these ideas are great, but what about making more money and, you know, to help with uh, accelerate that? And actually, so that it was in that class that the idea or the word frugalpreneur came to my mind. So I was like, okay, I, I can write a book and I'll call it frugalpreneur. And then when I was writing the book, I was like, I should start a podcast because I had just started listening to podcasts um, <clears throat> and just loved it so much and was like becoming addicted to listening to it that I was thinking, okay, I could launch a podcast to kind of coincide with the book. And then, uh, but it was just going to be a, like a short term thing, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like maybe 10 episodes or something, you know? Sure. Well, it, I ended up really loving podcasting and actually the podcast was doing better or, um, I don't know, getting more leverage, I guess, than the book was. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hmm, maybe I'll stick to this. And so I've been now focusing on podcasting and then uh, I have a tendency, I guess, uh, to when I learn something and feel like I've nailed it down pretty well to then try to do it for other people mm-hmm. uh, and make money doing that. So then I just started this podcast production agency because I've been producing my own podcast and um, and then came out with a directory, podcastresourcedirectory.com, which is just a directory of all the different like podcasting resources and and whatnot that I use or recommend or have heard of. And um, just because when I was learning about podcasting at the time, there wasn't like a central place you could go to kind of see all your options and whatnot. Sure. So I did that and, and, and now I'm working on a course as well. So I'm hoping that'll be out by the end of the year, but we'll see. <laughs> and so the- what, I'm sorry to interrupt. What's your course going to be about? Uh, about podcasting, like okay. teaching people how to gotcha. start a podcast and then, you know, so all the technology and things sure, like sure. that. But then going beyond that to talk about like how to be a guest, how to host, mm-hmm. um, you know, just all those types. Of details. All those fear factors, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what I'm focusing on now is all things podcasting. So you've, you've probably traveled a journey that many who may be listening or will be listening have traveled. In other words, uh, you, you, you were, you were working, you, you did for, you did one thing. In your case, it was photography for a while. Then you started venturing off into the online world. You, you dipped your toe, it sounds like into t-shirts and, and drop shipping and affiliate marketing. And, and probably that's just scratching the surface, I would imagine. And, and, mm-hmm. and across that, you found, 
podcasting, right? You you went from your book, wanted to use the podcast to help, uh, I guess, promote the book or make a raise awareness of the book and end up finding you were getting more uh, leverage, I think was the phrase you used uh, in the podcast than, than the book. So now here you are, you're like, oh, I actually like doing this. So you've traveled this road of trying a number of different things and landing where you're at. Is, is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually just came out with my third book and it's about podcasting. So <laughs> yeah, I've, I guess, traveled the road and landed <laughs> on the yellow brick road. I don't know. Right. And landed on podcasting. Now, had you, uh, when you were, when you were going through the journey, had you ever just kind of sat down and said, you know what, here are the guidelines for my business? Or was it more of, you know, I'm just going to start trying things until I find something A, that works or B, that I like? Uh, yeah, probably that second uh, <laughs> one. <laughs> I guess, okay, I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I even had a travel agency, an online travel agency for like five years during that whole, uh, I, I actually recently closed that because I wanted to focus just on podcasting at this point. But yeah, so I, I was kind of all over the place trying different things. And, but I think the good thing, it, you, well, you know, we, we travel the road and it, you know, we learn along the way. Hopefully we learn along the way. Right. But mm -hmm. I, it sounds like during your travels, you did learn a lot along the way and you actually pulled some of those things together and those tools and resources um, and, and what have you. But um, I want to, I want to spin back around to the frugalpreneur and, and its topic. I mean, I know some of the things you like to chat about is, uh, and I found this most intriguing, how to start an online business for under five bucks and then how to maintain that business for under a hundred bucks a month. God knows I would have loved to have known that information probably just a couple of years ago, let alone, uh, you know, maybe a half a decade ago. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, to start a online business for under or around five bucks is basically uh, once you decide what you want to do and the first thing you need to do is have a website and mm -hmm. you can get a domain for only a dollar on mm -hmm. one and one.com. Um, that's the number one. And well, it's a dollar for the first year and mm -hmm. then uh, 15 bucks every year after that. And so that's a dollar. And then the uh, the website you could do for free through WordPress. Well, you have to have hosting, which you can get for like three bucks a month, mm -hmm. uh, depending on which host you use. Um, and then uh, a logo, which you could actually do for free in Canva or for $5 in Fiverr. Um, and then an email list, start that right away, uh, which you can actually do for free as well with, um, well, a, a lot of companies are starting to come out with a free option but you know it's only up to so many subscribers but the two that i recommend are mailer light and sendfox i just recently discovered sendfox and i think for content creators especially like if you're a podcaster uh, a blogger a youtuber that it's especially helpful because you put in your like your YouTube channel and your RSS feed and it automatically generates newsletters every week. Mm, yeah. It, and it's free too. Well, up to, I think 3000 subscribers. And then for every thousand after that, I believe it's 
a flat $10, not $10 a month, but just like $10. Per and that's, you, you said that one was called SendFox? Uh-huh. S-E-N-D-F-O-X. Okay. I like the auto-generate newsletter option. That's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, I really love it. It saves a lot of time. <laughs> well, and I think that's one of the key things that a, a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. It's like, okay, great. I, I, you know, I got all this started. I went out, I got my dollar domain. I got my $3 hosting. I whipped up a logo in Canva. Um, you know, maybe even I whipped up a, a lead magnet to start building my email list. Mm-hmm. Now I got to, I got to keep creating content and gosh darn, does that take forever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it, I really like it because it you can set it up to um, when it creates the newsletter to automatically send it out or to save it as a draft so that you can go in and you know edit it however mm-hmm. you want to. Nice. Um, so th- that's what I do because sometimes I'll add extra stuff in there, but it's nice that it at least as far as any kind of blog post or podcast episode, it'll automatically add that in there. Nice. Uh, no, I really like that option. Yeah. So I, I know one of the things, and I, w- I want to come back to the $100 a month maintenance thing, but I know one of the things that, uh, and I'm a big proponent of this too, is having your own website versus utilizing all the social options that are out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, I've heard it said by a few different people, Chris Ducker being one of them. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but Mm-mm. um, he's the youpreneur. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. a blankpreneur, it seems. <laughs> but um, but basically, if you're on Facebook and all this, which yeah, you should have social media accounts, of course. But if that's the only place you go, um, then it's like your business is on rented land versus. Mm-hmm owning land which would be your website and your email list Mm -hmm. because i mean who knows what will happen to facebook and all the other social media uh, platforms and you know a decade or whatever if they'll be around or if they'll change so much that you know because the the algorithms are always changing and all that stuff and so yeah it's important to have a social presence and whatnot but you need your own website and your own email list um otherwise you're basically renting (laughs) all your contacts and yeah i know several people who have they run their business basically on facebook and um, i keep telling them they need their own website but anyway well and there's uh, i think uh, one of the uh, um, real big challenges and of course right now with everything that's going on with covid and you know we're in an election year and you know uh, there are some heated topics flying around and all it takes for is for someone to say and i'm going to use air quotes although you can't see me you know the wrong thing and then that social media platform says you know what we're going to put you on hiatus for 30 days or worst case scenario you know we're going to close your account and i've seen mm-hmm. a number of accounts have that happen to them you know and whether it was about COVID or politics or whatever, that's happened to him. I have uh, a gentleman who I listen to. He's out of uh, Australia and uh, he's been doing his podcast for, I think it's, well, I know he's on episode 500, so it's been a long time. And uh, someone actually hacked his Facebook account where he had built a following and a group where they would all, you know, uh, interact with one another. And, uh, you know, they posted some pretty not nice stuff, right? Some very mm-hmm. anti-US uh, sentiments uh, in that uh, in that platform. And so they shut him down. And he's been struggling for the past two months trying to get that turned back on. Now, luckily, he had done like you said, he, he 
has his own website and he has his email list. So he's still able to communicate with, uh, with his followers. But in the meantime, you know, uh, an avenue of interaction with his uh, base is now completely gone. If he didn't have, like you said, that website and what have you, he could have really uh, put a huge dent in his business. Mm, yeah. I mean, there's so many different scenarios where right? that could happen. And um, yeah, and as far as like Facebook groups go, I, I've been thinking about starting a community or group or whatever but i don't want to do it on facebook i haven't decided where i'm going to do it yet maybe mighty networks or mm -hmm. something like that but um yeah because i mean i'm just afraid that like eventually maybe facebook will go away or change it almost seems like it's going to change to an ad platform or something at some point yeah, it, as uh, if it already hasn't <laughs> yeah i mean like it's I think I'm sorry to interrupt. I I, th I think you're right. I think social networking is uh, is certainly in flux. You know, if we think about it, how it was five, let's say three years ago, right? Versus how it is now, it's definitely the landscape has changed. So yeah, three years from now, who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like changing so quick, and mm. yeah, everyone should should be on social media, but don't. A bank on that being around forever or yeah, yeah. it's uh, i think it's like well if you think about business in general if you put all of your eggs in one basket you know we'll say advertising basket if all your leads only come from this one source what happens if that source dries up or you know someone else gets better at it than you then your business takes uh you know a hockey stick in the wrong direction and now you're scrambling to figure out what to do where if in the meantime you keep nurturing that one source while building other sources uh, for leads, then if one takes a, you know, takes a, a shot in the neck, you're still good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> there we go. So let's loop back around to this. Uh, I know we, we, we chatted a bit about the, you know, getting started for five bucks, which mm -hmm. is, you know, I, Anyone has been around for five minutes can figure that out. And anyone that, that hasn't, right, they're, it, they're, the options are definitely there. But uh, share more about the maintaining your online business for under 100 bucks a month. Yeah, sorry. I, we got sidetracked with all social media stuff. No, that's good. <laughs> that, that's fine. <laughs> um, well, so, okay, it, your your monthly fees will depend on what you end up doing, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, drop shipping, affiliate marketing, uh, podcasting, blogging, um, coaching, consulting, you know, because mm -hmm. you'll need different tools for different things. But like for me, for example, uh, well, okay. So of course to maintain a website and email list that's included in that 100, but then I use different tools for podcasting, mm -hmm. um, like, I mean, for editing, you could use Audacity, which is free. Uh, and then I use something called Repurpose for where it takes your your audio and turns it into a video, basically, and posts it to YouTube. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like an audiogram, basically. Right. Um, and I think that's like twelve a month. And then uh, and then podcast hosting. Um, I was on Spreaker, and that was seven a month. But now I'm on Captivate. And that's 19 a month. Um, and so those are kind of the fees associated with podcasting. Of course, to I recommend getting a uh, either, a, let's see, I have the ATR2100 mic. And then there's also the Samsung Q2U. Both of those mics are like 60 or $80, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 
well, actually, on my website, I have a little thing on the sidebar, uh, an Amazon link, basically. And it is a fin- affiliate link. I have to <laughs> say that because FTC. Right. But um, it'll, uh, it has this whole podcasting kit. It has the Samsung Q2U, the pop filter, the windshield, you know, all that stuff. Um, and it's like 90 bucks for the kit. Um, so getting started with podcasting is probably going to be around a hundred dollars, like one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you wanted to try like drop shipping, for example, um, which I don't know, maybe your you or your audience aren't familiar with that term or what that is. Um, I am, but please feel free to to share. You're now listening to-, to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. So it's basically. You're like the middleman mm-hmm. between the customer and the wholesaler. So basically you set up a shop online and, and this is an area where a lot of people kind of start with online business mm-hmm. is set up a shop online and you, you work with wholesalers. Uh, AliExpress is, is a big one. Um, and the items are now the issue is they're from China usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the delivery time is pretty long, mm-hmm. like, you know, two to three weeks maybe or longer sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's one thing you have to take into consideration because people are so used to getting stuff in two days from Amazon. Right. So you got to let people know, you know, but when it comes from China, you can get it at such a great rate. Like, for example, I had a baby clothing, um, well, actually, I still have it, but I don't work on it a whole lot. It's called Funzy Onesie with mm-hmm. Z's, Funzy, like F-U-N-Z-I-E, mm-hmm. Onesie, uh, O-N-E-Z-I-E dot com. And it's a baby clothing, like onesies and whatnot. And so the onesies, you know, let's say, well, it's not just onesies, it's outfits too, but maybe it's one buck or three bucks, something like that would be the wholesaler price, but then you could charge like 10, 20 bucks. Sure. And so the difference is your profit. And there's a couple of ways you can do it. I started using, it was like using Shopify, mm-hmm. but that's like 30 bucks a month to, for a Shopify store. And, and, and with Shopify, I used an app called Oberlo, E-B-E, oh wait, O-B-E-R-L-O. And it's basically like a, a big marketplace, I guess, for wholesale items. Um, but again, doing it that way was like 30 a month. Well, so when I switched over to WordPress, there was an, uh, a plugin called Alley Dropship and it was like a one-time fee of, I believe, 69. Mm-hmm. So basically for almost the price of two months of sh- Shopify, you could just add this plugin <laughs> to right. WordPress. And so that's what I started doing. And the thing about that plugin is that they only uh, display items that are like highly rated and mm-hmm. um, good quality and all this stuff. And so, um, and so the way, Oh, I recommend picking a niche. It does, You can't have like a website that has anything and everything like an Amazon. It, so like my company, it was baby clothing. So pick some sort of niche mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then you can just add the products to your store and the way it works is so when someone orders something on your website, then, you know, you're alerted and you then, so basically you get the money. So say you're selling something for 20. Well, so now you're getting 20 bucks. 
And then you have to turn around and then buy the item basically for two bucks or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the information transfers over like their shipping address and all that stuff. Right. And, and then it gets sent to them. So you don't have to maintain an inventory or any of that stuff. Um, So there's basically hardly any overhead, just the, you know, $69 plug-in fee, (laughs) or if you're doing Shopify, you know, 30 bucks a month or whatever. Um, Yeah. So that's like a really affordable business option. Um, And then affiliate marketing is, there's hardly, there's really no cost involved with that other Mm -hmm. than your website uh and that's basically just you referring products and services that ideally that you use and recommend not just anything and everything um but stuff that you've used and you like and um and then say someone clicks on your link and uh, the way a lot of people do this is they'll have like a resource page on their website Mm mm-hmm like maybe they have a blog on a specific topic. So then they'll have a resource page on their website that has different products and services that are relevant to that topic that they use or recommend or are familiar with. And then if someone clicks like the link that they've associated with that item uh, and the person buys, then they'll get a commission is how that works. Uh, but you do have to display somewhere on your website usually like in the footer or something like an affiliate disclaimer, just letting people know that, sure. you know, um, so there's so many different ways you could even do coaching and consulting where maybe you're an expert on a particular topic and you could be a coach or a consultant on that topic. And then that doesn't really cost anything either other than the website and mailing list. So there's so many ways to make money online with hardly any money up front not much and not much maintenance either you can actually you know uh, combine a lot of those ideas together so let's say you're someone that's uh, you know cracking into the coaching and consulting arena and there uh, we could grab you could say any topic you wanted to say if you were going to be let's make it easy and say oh i want to be a life coach right then you can mm-hmm. say all right well here's some life coach products that are out there that are already existing that have affiliate programs. So you can put those on your website and say, Hey, you know, if you don't want to work with me here, try this product over here. It's excellent. Um, and, and, and what have you. So now you've gotten things started until you get your, you know, first client or clients. Um, and then inside of there, you can also, uh, create a link of, Hey, if you know, here are some of the products that you can use to improve your life. And now you're making the, uh, Shopify type of store, whether you use Shopify or any other platform that is out there so now you're kind of you know starting at one point and then again rolling out into multiple arenas uh, integrating them together into your overall business that makes sense yeah yeah i i mean because i use blogging podcasting uh affiliate marketing like all that stuff kind of together and another one that i'm just starting to get into i had mentioned this a little earlier is uh, courses. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. a course. And so this is my first time doing courses, but um, yeah, like, so that's a way you could kind of, uh, whereas coaching and consulting is kind of more of a one-on-one or maybe you could do some kind of group coaching, Mm -hmm. right? but a course would be like a one-to-many where you teach something online and there's different lessons and maybe some PDFs and different cheat sheets you can give them and whatnot. Right. But, you know, you could sell it like an endless number of times. Uh, 
you know, you, you teach it once and have it recorded and then, you know, yeah, thousand that's people a, can buy it. <laughs> that, that's a that's a topic I keep preaching here. Stop trading hours for dollars and mm -hmm. start trading value for dollars. So if you wanted to, and, and I think you, you would agree with this, you could get one, two, three, four people together teach them that uh, that uh, that topic whatever that topic is use zoom use you know streamyard or skype whatever uh, method of recording it and then turn around package that together with pdfs and and walkthroughs and on and all the extra assets and now you've created that course those that uh, engaged with you in the beginning can help guide you on hey what about these questions what about those questions things that maybe you didn't think of and at the end of it you have this uh, done for your course, ready to sell to everybody, and a few people that have already gone through it that can a give you testimonials and help spread the word. Exactly. Yeah, and then there's even another method, like a summit, where you gather up a mm -hmm. bunch of different experts in a particular field, and then you know maybe interview them, or they give like a little hour presentation or something but then you take all of those like 30 people or well, however many and create like a summit which i guess is kind of like a course in a way but through with several different people so there's that option too there's just yeah. so many options <laughs> yeah that's a that's a really good one i've seen a, a couple of those recently and obviously if you if we if we both think back i mean there were lots of those going around oh gosh for me it wasn't so long ago it would have been back in the 90s and early 2000s where you saw like brian tracy and zig ziglar and les brown and a whole host of other folks in this traveling uh, um, conference, right? They'd go around mm. onto the big major cities and they would usually take up an arena for one or two days and, and fill that arena with people. And, you know, each presenter would get up there for an hour or two and, and share their information and sell their products in the back of the room. And they were, they were awesome, amazing events. And so just taking an idea like that and scaling it down to, like you're saying, Hey, let me get a handful of these experts and let them share their expertise and, and promote their products and then market that out that would be awesome yeah yeah so you could do like an in-person one you know back when in-person events were a thing right <laughs> uh but of course then there is overhead costs like renting out a place and all that stuff mm -hmm. of course you could charge higher but i don't know the i don't know if it balances out you know you could do an online one for Practically free, I would say. Practically free, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and Derek, you can actually do a blend. I mean, I know a, a friend of mine, uh, Tom Watley, uh, did one here just recently out in, I believe it was Utah is where we actually held the event. So yeah, you're right. There's some oversight, oversize, oversize uh, it's good speaking, uh, some overhead costs associated with that. But because he already had people signed up, uh, early on, he did early sales before the, you know, you, you just start advertising the event and get those uh, earlier participants, give them a, a cut rate price saying, hey, their regular price is going to be $297 for the live event. If you buy now, it's $197. And now you're building up the funds to fund the actual purchases you make. And then you sell the online version on top of that for those that can't do the travel or 
you know, don't want to do the travel due to the current uh, COVID uh, arena. And then inside the arena, I saw, you know, some pictures of it. I didn't participate, but he did do social distancing within the space where they were given the presentation. So he was still abiding and being safe for everybody, you know, it, which obviously cut down the number of folks he could sell tickets to, but it was, uh, it was a big success. Oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't, heard of many in-person events going on so that's this cool. I, I think this just happened last weekend so mm-hmm. you know i mean i know there's a number of uh, states where the uh where the covid restrictions are a lot less or non-existence you know they're not everyone's feeling the pains of california and mm-hmm. uh in wisconsin and the like but uh, certainly there are uh, there's still opportunities to do in person. We just want to do it, you know, obviously responsibly and, uh, you know, and wisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going to in-person events again. I was going to go to podcast <laughs> movement. <laughs> I- I'm actually based in Dallas, Texas, and mm. it was going to be in Dallas, Texas this year. But and so I was looking forward to that because there would be no travel expenses. Mm-hmm. Um. But then it got canceled and yeah, but they I'm moved hope- it all virtual, didn't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. So not canceled, but yeah, virtual. Uh, yeah. Um, but then there's Podfest next year. I'm hoping that still happens, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed, right? All right. <laughs> Sarah, I want to give everyone an opportunity if they want to learn more about Sarah and all her goodness, all of her body of work, where where should we send them? Sure. Yeah. Well, you can actually get um, all three of my books for free, PDF versions, um, at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. I currently just have my first two on there, but by the time this goes live, I'm I'm I'll get I'll get that done this weekend. I'll put a <laughs> I'll put the third book up there because it just came out this week. Excellent. Um, but so I'll have all three of those on there. Um, and then yeah, so the the podcast production agency is podseam.com. and then uh, I'm on social media at the Sarah Saint John basically everywhere. And let's see. And then if people are interested in podcasting but don't know where to start, there's um. Well, well, the book will be good, but also you can go to podcastresourcedirectory.com, which has a few different, uh, you know, resources to get started and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, I would say that if you're going to go one place, probably thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. thesarahstjohn.com. All right. And uh, I have a whole host of links here and I just added the uh, pod seam and podcast directory, uh, pod, sorry, podcast resource directory.com to it. So we'll be sure that all of those are in the show notes so people can just click on them and, uh, and cruise on over there and check you <laughs> out. Any, uh, any final thoughts you want to share with the listeners before we uh, end this up today? Well, I would say the one thing that I've learned recently that I like to pass along um, is that I think that at least I know that this has been true for me and probably a lot of entrepreneurs is that we kind of get stuck in this learning trap, which it's important to learn, but sometimes we spend so much time learning and we don't even implement what we're learning. So I've recently adopted this, uh, motto of for every hour I spend learning, spend another hour implementing. Mm, yeah. Equal parts. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds so, like a recipe for success. Huh? Huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, well, if you're just spending all your time, which I mean, I guess in the very, very beginning, maybe that doesn't apply. You probably do need to spend more time learning, but at a certain point you got to start doing what you're learning. So. 
There it is. And uh, it was funny is that when you were sharing earlier, I actually wrote a note down in here that you like to learn, do, teach because you were talking about you like learning it and then doing it and obviously sharing that learning with other folks. And uh, that's definitely a part of that. Uh, for me, I think it's a huge part of success is that giving back part. Uh, obviously, you do a lot of that with all your resources and you're giving your books away for free. But, you know, learning it, uh, doing it, the equal parts recipe of success we talked about, and then giving back and sharing, whether it's via a podcast or free uh, free books or other resource guides is huge for uh, for everybody involved. Oh, I like that. Learn, do, teach. Huh? Learn, do, teach. <laughs> that could be like a, a slogan. It That'd absolutely be- can. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think I personally think it's one everyone needs to do because uh, so many times we have people out there doing, teaching, and then learning. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying, I'm not going to name any names. We've all seen them out there. They're, you know, they're making the claims, you know, whatever, right? They, mm-hmm. Hey, it works for them and what I, I I'm not a fan of it. I prefer the learn, do, stumble, trouble, you know, <laughs> face plant. I get up, dust myself off, learn some more, do some more, and then teach. It's like okay, now I can go and I can talk and say, do this, don't do that. Here's why, because I've done it, mm-hmm. and I pick myself up and dust myself, and I don't want you to go through that. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sarah, thank you so much for hanging out and sharing some of this great knowledge with our audience. I definitely appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, my Dark Horse friends and family, there you have it. Sarah St. John dropping some budgetizing bombs on us. So here's some thoughts I walked away with. Thought number one. Yeah, she traveled a well-worn path, like so many others that you've heard on here. Maybe you have uh, know of personally. Maybe you. They had. She shifted her focus from working for others to going after something that she did have a passion for, which, in her case, was photography. However, she found that her preference for the non-human uh, photography topics weren't quite as lucrative as, say, being a wedding photographer. It just wasn't aligned with her passion. So she moved into the online space, testing the waters on things like on, uh, on-demand on apparel, uh, affiliate marketing, etc., etc. But it was that money-saving event that she went to that sparked her idea of the frugalpreneur, you know, on helping other entrepreneurs start something special on a bootstrap but then not just focusing on the saving money but making money as you know all as well to accelerate their uh, revenue building activities their wealth building activities you could say which led to a book and a podcast you know that's a, a long way from her photography days but by listening to the ideas that she got she was able to build something that not only aligned with her passion but delivered value to her market thought number two starting and running your business on a budget yeah sarah dropped so many great tips and resources on how to get your business up off the ground and running for a minimal amount a month initially and then to keep it running on a very small budget look here's the deal there are so many offers and services out there that will give you so much for free 
You're just going to have to poke around and see what works best for what it is you're trying to do. But for me, here's the real key. You don't need all those bells and whistles right out of the gate. You need of the basics, right? Just enough to get you going. You don't need all those shiny bells and those distracting whistles that are just going to take more time and more money to get you started. So figure out exactly what you have to have right now, say even for the next three months and get that, not that. Oh my God, this is so amazing. This is the best thing I'll, uh, I've, I've ever seen. And it's everything I need in one package right? Because most likely here's what's going to happen. All those bells and whistles, yeah, they're going to take you some time and energy and probably more money to learn, thus slowing down and even stopping the launch path of your little business. And two, yeah, most likely they'll never get used because while you're taking all that time to learn them, you're not launching your business, which in the long term is what you're trying to do, right? All right. And that in and of itself was the very learning trap that Sarah called out towards the end of our, our time together. So to help avoid that learning trap, spend at least equal parts of time learning and then an equal part of the time implementing. That way you can keep moving forwards towards your finish line. Thought number three. Oh my God, there are so many ways to monetize, right? You got affiliate marketing, course creation. You can coach one-on-one. -on -one. You can coach as a group. Sarah and I discussed a number of ways that you could generate your first dollar online to creating an ongoing revenue stream. The ways are as varied as the niches are out there, right? Do not limit yourself to any one way, right? And do not limit yourself to just the ways you see everyone else doing it. If you think of a new way, well, try it. Be bold. Give it a go, right? If it doesn't work, no worries. Now you know it doesn't work. But if it does, bam, rinse and repeat. And then thought number four, learn, do, teach. I've mentioned this one a few times on this podcast and um, everywhere else I tend to blab my mouth. But I think it's worth important. It's that important. I want to call it out again. If you can spend equal amounts of time doing these three things, you're on a definite path to success. Learn a task or a skill that is important. Doing it becomes the next important part of your success, right? So you're going to learn, then you're going to do. You're going to hone that skill by doing it. And finally, to further drive home that learning and that doing even deeper by teaching it to others in, in a way that only you can share it, right? Your unique way, your unique fashion. And then the final step, right? That, that, that teaching, that's going to prompt questions from your quote-unquote students, making you think maybe things a little differently, enabling you to further hone the skill, do it even better, thus enabling you to teach it even deeper. Huh? How about that? All right. Now, here's the question. What inspiring tips or thoughts resonated with you in this episode? Hmm? What were they? Whatever they were, take some time today and put them into action. Get out there, run your race, get your results, and then let me hear about them. No, seriously, I want you to come on over to the Facebook group, The Dark Horse Tribe, or email me directly at darktracy at darkhorseschooling.com and share the tips or ideas that you came away with, how you put them into action, and what results you got from them, right? Heck, probably even bring you on the podcast and let you share with everyone else all the goodness that you learned. Now, next week, our next interview episode, my guess is going to be none other than 
Arnie Gronich, the performance therapist. And Arnie's going to share how he went from literally being dead to become one of the most sought after therapists and trainers for elite athletes, the corporate culture and wellness. Now, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and inspirational stories from this podcast and the amazing guests I'm lucky enough to be able to bring on. So you go on down there, you mash that subscribe button, and while you're there, drop us a five-star rating and leave us some kind words in the review, right? And of course, don't keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Share the podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know will get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.